the biggest thing to help the trauma and the pain that Lahaina's people are going through. And anytime a disaster happens is to listen and then act. Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. On today's episode, we are joined by Pili Yarusi and Sasha Smith, both from Maui. And what we're talking about is the wildfires that happened in Maui and the impact and how we can really, as investors, be part of the solution. This is also a must-listen episode for all of you that heard the news, but we go a little bit deeper. We go about the culture and how we are truly able to support the Hawaiians the way that they need the support, how they can get the resources, leverage the resources that we have in the community, and how can you support the locals the way that they need to get the support. Before we get into the story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. People often ask us why we started this podcast. We believe that every woman has a fundamental right to achieve financial freedom on her own terms. And that is why we exist. And we are so excited and, and really appreciative of Pili Yarusi and Zasha Smith's time today to talk about this really important topic. So thank you both for being here and spending time with us and our community. So honored to be here. You know, I love the investor community. This is my home away from home. I love you guys so much. Mahalo for having us. I know we had tried to connect a few times with being in Hawaii, six hours behind everyone else. It's a little difficult. So thank you so much for having us. Well, we're here to to really uh, shine the light and, and really educate our listeners as well as 
move them to action to really help with what's going on here. So Keely, I want to start with you with the first question here. When disasters happen, and we know real estate investors are are watching just along, along with the rest of the world with, with what's going on. They want to help. They also see an opportunity. What is the problem with this? And more importantly, what is the impact that this way of being that they see opportunity has on the local culture? So with everything, with the fires that happened in Lahaina, Maui, it really shed light, especially for me. I'm from Hawaii. I have family in Maui. I have friends in Maui. And the term is called disaster capitalism. And for the most part, Liz, Andressa, Sasha, we know like our friends in the industry are good, caring people. Most of them are living their lives, providing for their families, and they see real estate as a vehicle to get themselves there, to obtain legacy wealth. The difficulty that we're seeing or we could be seeing is that when disaster strikes, like the fires in Lahaina, investors start calling, realtors start calling families And all of a sudden, you have these families that are hurting. They are hurting. They have lost family. They have lost friends. They have lost so much. And now they have people preying on them. Whether or not they meant to, investors and realtors are preying on these people. And really, when they should be giving the people of Lahaina and the people of Maui a breath, room to heal, to B, to grow on their own terms. So the other difficulty is, and this is also why I wanted to invite my friend Zasha Smith into this podcast, because their voices are not heard. When their land is taken over, when our lands are taken over, all of a sudden, big corporations or out-of-state investors create the Hawaii that they want. Instead of listening to the people and seeing what they want. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, Peely. And the way you talk about having the people in, the, in Hawaii take a breath and allowing that for, for, for that to happen, I think that's a really beautiful way to say it. Sasha, I'd love to get your insight into that question as well, uh, especially that you're there now. So for me, being local, living on Maui and being you know native Hawaiian and living here all my life, it's always been a difficult balance between, you know, being an investor and also being mindful of people's situations because a lot of times you're dealing with people in distress. And so even times like now, you know, uh, when I had spoken to some people that what had been going on on Maui with the wildfires, not only in Lahaina, but also in Kula and in Kihei, their first reaction, you know, being investors was like, oh, well, are you going, is there any opportunity in, you know, even if they didn't mean to say it in a negative connotation, it was more so, oh, is there any, you know, opportunity in this fires? Because a lot of people's houses burnt down, maybe you can help and negotiate for them to get higher insurance and then also, you know, potentially make money yourself. I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe that that was their first thought being here. And because of the normality of this disaster, it's like one of the deadliest fires in the U.S. and um, and in Hawaii, the biggest natural disaster, you know, in ever. And so I think, like Peely had mentioned, just being mindful of people's situations. And that even got me to step back and think of other people like Katrina and those bigger disasters where 
people are probably calling them because, you know, that's what we do once we get, we find out people uh, may potentially need our help, you know, but I think being from here too, it's, it's made it a lot more difficult to approach these questions because I know that's not what I do, but at the same time, just letting them know that, like she mentioned, there's help out there. So I've put myself at the forefront of talking directly to FEMA agents, talking directly to the Maui County and Hawaii state government officials to see what programs are out there and really just focusing on helping these people by giving them the knowledge that I have about, okay, different ways to get, you know, help through government agencies, not to be scared of it because a lot of people also, the biggest question being Hawaiian and having a history of the land being taken here is that, oh my gosh, now FEMA is going to come. If we sign this paperwork, will they be able to take our property from us now? And like Pili had mentioned, there's a lot of big corporations. Lahaina itself, there was over $6 billion worth of damage done there, but the land is worth hundreds of, will be worth hundreds of billions of dollars, that entire area very shortly. So I'm, for me, I'm in the position of just making the owners aware that, hey, there are options. Like it is going to be very hard. Even now, it's hard to drive there without feeling a sense of loss and a sense of, you know, a big part of history, a big part of Hawaii is gone. So I think it's just being mindful of that, but also just letting the people know like, hey, there's people out here who have your back who could help you out of this situation. Or, you know, a lot of them still have mortgages to pay and they don't have homes. A lot of them are living in hotels thanks to the state and the government stepping in to provide housing. That was my first reaction was like, oh my gosh, how can we get these people in homes? You know, the first day or so, my daughter was actually there on Tuesday, August 8th, driving out by herself, newly licensed 17 year old. And, you know, the electric cat went out that morning. And so I told her, get out here, get up country. I live in Pukalani, which is further from those fires. But she just made it out a few hours later. That's when things happened. And there was such high speed winds that it just blew through that town. There's a lot of older homes, a lot of multi-generations living there. So we have a lot of friends and families that lost everything, you know, and it's not only them, but it's their parents and their grandparents, too. So when I came across everything that was happening, right, I thought of both of you and I contact Peely and then we got into a phone call after after the fact. And my first thought was, okay, what do we need to do? When are we packing? Do we need to go? What do we need to do? Right. And, and that it's, I think that many, many women in our community are thinking the same way. Like, okay, what are, when are we going there? And Pili was like, that's not what we need. So I think that there's a lot of misinformation in terms of, I want to help, but it might not be the way that Hawaiians need and want to be helped. So let's clarify, like, what are different misinformation and what are the better ways that people that are listening would be able to support? Well, definitely because we live on an island, we're very limited in resources. So 
I was telling people, especially in the beginning, you know, thank you for offering to help, but definitely don't don't come here because we have Walmart, we have, you know, grocery stores and they were all out of stock. People were just buying things and giving them to the people that suffered from the wildfires and lost their homes, lost everything. But there's still the rest of the island that needed supplies. And so that really came into play when people were looking for shelter places to stay, but they couldn't find anywhere because we have such a housing crisis here already. I think the other day when I was looking at rentals, there was only, you know, a handful of three bedrooms for for rent even on this island. And now there's, you know, 12,000 people were displaced overnight and they had a hard time finding places. So definitely I would tell them if they did want to help, there's different organizations that you can donate to, monetary donations. We got a lot of supplies, overwhelming amount of help, which is great, and donations of clothes, food. Uh, but we have, we're limited in storage as well. So that became an issue. It was a blessing, but then became an issue too. So I think just the monetary donations to help people get back on their feet, you know, they, have to pay for, you know, new birth certificates, new passports, they have to get cell phones, you know, laptops, things to just get them up and running so they can even go and apply for help. Sasha, what would you say to, and I know this about myself, like when I want to give to a disaster, I, I really like to find like a family and a, and a personalization of it. Cause like, I don't want to give to a big organization because uh, they're going to use all that money for overhead. It's not going to go to the people, right? We hear that all the time and we want to bypass that, right? We want to do our own thing. Why is that not the best approach in this situation with what you're seeing uh, there in Hawaii? I wouldn't say it's not the best approach, but the approach that I am taking towards it being boots on the ground, having volunteered at the shelters, having run donations out to the people that needed it is what I'm seeing is that these bigger organizations, Hawaii Community Foundation being one of them, or Maui Food Bank, they have the ways and means to be able to distribute them where they need to go. So a lot of, uh, you know, especially with big disasters, there comes like fake, you know, Venmo accounts or people pretending to be victims of the fire that are benefiting from it. So for me, I always go with a well-known organization and I look into where they are actually donating. And so Hawaii Community Foundation puts out where they're sending the grants to. So there's um, women, I think women, different women organizations and child organizations that they are giving the funds to that are directly here on Maui. I want to talk about a little bit about the culture. I didn't know a lot of things um, about how Hawaii and how the culture is going to play and is already playing a lot into uh, the legacy, right? It is not just a transactional matter of, okay, let's just buy the land from this family and quote unquote, help them out as, as we go. Why is it important to keep the land on the hands of Hawaiians? There has been a long history and a lot of hurt in the past of the overthrow of the Hawaiian kingdom. A lot of people don't know we had a king and queen and uh, we are actually kind of really self-sufficient on our own prior to the U.S. coming in and us being a part of America now. So I think the people in itself, they have a lot of 
pride and they want to try to keep the land as much as possible. And being that, you know, 80% of our economy is based on tourism, a lot of our resources go to that. And so however we can help generations of families be able to continue to stay here, a lot of people started moving to the mainland. They call, you know, Las Vegas, the ninth island. That's where a lot of Hawaiians tend to live. Uh, They probably love gambling as well. But um, for me being, you know, raised here, my entire family, uh, my daughter goes to Hawaiian immersion and being really immersed in the culture and also an investor. I find it that, you know, people want to stay. They're just like priced out of paradise. And so this is one more, you know, challenge that is going to be for them to try to keep the land if they are also trying to have to pay somewhere else to live as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Billy, we, we talk about the trauma, right, that we are trying to support. And I know this is, this is a tough and delicate subject that you and I touched base a little bit. And I think that it's going to take a long time for the locals to feel that. What can we do to minimize that, in your opinion? I don't think it's so much of a minimalization. It's more of an uplifting. Just like how Andressa, you and Liz right now are uplifting Zasha's voice. She is in Maui. She is of Maui. She is helping. From day one, I contacted her through Instagram because that's how we can, that's how we connect and that's how we communicate. I DM'd her. And I kept on DMing her because I wanted to make sure she was, number one, still alive. I didn't actually know if she lived in Lahaina or in Makawa or in Pukalani or, I don't know, all the way in Kihei. I wanted to make sure the people that I knew, the friends and family that I have in Maui, were still alive. So the trauma and the traumatic experiences that all Hawaiians share in, Zasha touched on it, and we could do an entire podcast on on the loss of land and the loss of culture that Hawaii and Hawaiians have gone through, but we don't have enough time for that. The best thing that we can all do is keep eyes on Maui. You know how it goes. Like For the next two weeks, we're going to go through the news cycle, and all of a sudden, Maui won't be anywhere. All of a sudden, it's going to be like it never existed, like the fires never happened. Whereas the people in Maui and the people of Maui and all the people that are trying to help Maui will continue the work and continue the struggle. So when we had the discussion, like you were ready to go 
Andressa, you and Liz were going to hop on a plane, pick up those hammers and start like building houses. What we need to do is let the people of Maui and her, her people, the people of Lahaina, especially decide what they want to do. And then we come in and we uplift. We see where we can fill in the cracks. We see how we can bring, let's say, a Maui construction worker, a Maui construction company, or a Lahaina construction company and make sure they're getting the contract to build that house or to help that store come back on its feet. Make sure that we are uplifting them and their story continuously. It doesn't stop, you know, in September. It doesn't stop in October. It doesn't stop. It's not going to stop for many, many years. And Lahaina and its people will continue to feel it. So the biggest thing to help the trauma and the pain that Lahaina and its people are going through, and any time a disaster happens, is to listen, I believe, and then act. I like that, Peely, but it's also overwhelming to who to listen to. Because when, when, when disaster happens, right, and you just really want to do something, you're going to listen to the loudest. And the loudest may not be the most accurate. We all know that. And that's, we know that from social media. Um, Zasha, what would you say to that? You know, and, and it, it's getting our wheels turning, almost like a getting, staying abreast of what's happening and doing what we can to uplift, as you're saying, Peely, on an ongoing basis. What does that look like specifically for those listening? I would say just supporting the local businesses as well. I mean, just to add to that. So what I've been doing recently um, through my social media platform is highlighting some local businesses, because like I mentioned before, 80% of our economy is based on tourism. There was, you know, false information that went out that said nobody's allowed on Maui. Don't go to Maui, you know, because they wanted initially, I think that was our response because we had very limited resources. But now that the government is stepping in and we are getting more help, we're seeing that other cities on Maui are definitely suffering. And those who are caring for the people that have lost everything, you know, people are taking in in families, but then now their hours are getting cut or they're getting furloughed because there's less tourists coming that go to the restaurants or go to their businesses. So I really just wanted to highlight that as one aspect of it. But also just like she mentioned, making sure that um, we have a voice as locals and they are using local businesses to rebuild. I think that is is going to be where I focus on a lot. I, my focus initially was like, we got to get tiny homes out here. We got to secure land for these people. They got to have some place to live. But, you know, as soon, maybe a week later, as soon as the government stepped in, they were able to secure like thousands of hotel rooms for these people. And that was amazing to see. You know, initially there was a lot of stories going out of we had to make it on our own. And we did for about four days. There wasn't really, we were very limited on staff, on county officials, on firefighters, on police. And so they, um, you know, shout out to the local first responders here that did the best that they could with the limited amount of people that they had. And, you know, even being local, I didn't understand a lot of the things that were going on. Everybody was just, you know, there was a lot of miscommunication or no communication because they'd lost um their cell phone towers out there. They lost everything. And so a lot of the people that were out there, they end up shutting down the roads. 
you couldn't go in or once you came out, you couldn't go back in. So they had to leave their families. There was just, there's a lot of mix-ups going on. But I now understand, you know, after things have calmed down, they were just trying to keep people safe the best way that they knew how. So I don't know if you've seen, but there was locals that were like, you know what, we're going to take our own boats out there. We're going to, you know, come together and figure out a way to get those people that are still out there supplies because it's still dangerous and they were running out of food and water and everything like that. So it was just amazing to see the community all come together. And like I mentioned before, I think just the best way to support them is just just keep talking about it. Give them a voice like Pili mentioned. One of the goals here for this podcast also is to be a resource for the Hawaiians there. And we talked about keeping it the land in, in the family. There are a couple of people that might be saying, listen, for me, this is it. I just want to sell it. So if that's you, if you are thinking that, what would you guys recommend will be the best way to proceed? I think that they should just reach out to someone that they trust, whether it's a realtor or it's an investor like me, and get their advice on some options that you have. Because that land, I will tell them whatever they can do, tooth and nail, try to keep it, right? Even if they can't afford it or can't make payments. Okay, how else can we get you a loan for this land? How else can we help you get some, you know, there's SBA loans out there as well. There's banks that are stepping in to, to you know, offset, kind of like how COVID was. So we let's try to figure out a way to help them keep it. And even now, all these donations coming in, like Oprah lives here, you know, Brandon Turner has a charity. So there's all these private charities as well popping up that could potentially help them make their payments while they kind of figure out their own financial situation and what works best for them. So if you talk to anyone, if they're not talking or trying to help you keep the land, then I would keep talking to other people that you trust that are in the real estate industry. Listen, Andressa, it's like Zasha took the words right out of my mouth. And we had this discussion previously. That's exactly what I said. Talk to someone in Maui, of Maui, like like Zasha, a realtor that was born and raised there, somebody that understands. And talk to your community members, maybe talk to your neighbor, maybe talk to talk to the people that surround you so they they can uplift you too. Talk to your family. And if you do need to sell for any reason and you cannot figure it out or find a way to keep the property, consider selling within your family. Consider renting. I know that I know it's there's nothing there, but do anything you can. Like Zasha said, tooth and nail. If anyone in Lahaina Maui is listening to this, or if anybody that has had this happen to them, I know us talking from our microphones, asking you to fight harder is, <laughs> I mean, it, it, sound, it sounds bad to me, but you will thank yourself years from now, your children's children, your children's grandchildren, your grandchildren's grandchildren. This is the type of legacy property that most of us are trying to get that this is what the investor community does. Like we go for that legacy land. And if you already have that, like Zasha said, try and fight for it. And if you cannot gather people around you that can help you fight for it, 
I would say one thing, right? If that's your case and you're like, I don't have options or I am too overwhelmed right now to even think about those options and as executing on those options. So here's what I will recommend you. Come to our Facebook group community and do one post. Share who you are, what's your location, and what's the challenge. Let our community think for you. Let us tap into our resources and our experiences and connect you with people that are going to lock arms with you and then and then move forward. We will not recommend people that we haven't vetted before, have done business before. And I, I encourage you to tap into the community. If, if the overwhelming feeling come, comes to you, I just want to encourage uh, all of you that are, are listening to tap into the resources that are available for you. This is what this community is about. All our channels are open to you guys. So if, if there's any question, we have tons of, of lenders. They might not be able to lend there, but they know other lenders. They know different terms. They know they can review documents and they can help you with whatever you need. So please tap, tap into the resources that are available for, for you. That's a great point. Andressa, uh, Zasha, and Peely, thank you so much for being on here. Before we wrap, and both of you can share where, where everyone listening can connect with you both further, I would love for you to share that and also share your, your biggest ask of everyone listening. One thing, just one thing they can do as a result of being on this podcast with all of us to take action, to make a difference in the way that a difference is needed. So Zasha, please share that and also share where the ladies can connect with you further. I think the biggest difference is just keep sharing the news, keep sharing anyone that you know that has been affected and how they can specifically get help as well. We've had certain groups put out specific needs that are sheltering people, um, but then also those bigger groups as well, those bigger organizations, just keep sharing that, whether it be, you know, from the news or from one of our posts or somebody that you know, just keep uplifting their voice. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at invest with Zasha with a Z or as zashasmith.com. I'm really active mostly on, on Instagram. So that would be the best way. Great. And Peely? So there are plentiful ways you can find me. But number one, I would like you to try and find me first at the invest her community. So just go to their link. If you have not joined their community, please do. Or if you want to get a hold of me, please try there first because I want to keep the com communication about this within the community. Next up, I'm also going to use my voice right now to uplift Sasha. If you want more information about Maui, you should probably go straight to the source. Please tap the link below and follow her into Instagram and get minute-by-minute -minute resources on how you can help Maui. Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. We're going to also share on the show notes resources, local groups that you can donate right now. So let's keep this conversation moving forward and uplifting. And for all the Hawaiians that are listening, we are here. We are here to support you. We are here to serve you. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, I appreciate, Zasha, all the work that you are doing locally, and we are here to serve as well. Please use our platform to get the word out there 
and to gather all the women to to support. Pili, my friend, as always, I got you. You know that. (laughs) Thank you all so much. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.